Hello and welcome to Forex Focus, UBP's FX podcast. I'm Peter Kinsella, Global Head of FX Strategy at UBP, and today I'm going to look at what's in store for the Russian ruble and the Russian economy as a result of the unprecedented events of the last two weeks. Before the Russian invasion of Ukraine, we held a pretty constructive stance on the ruble. And this reflected several factors, but the main one was that the central bank had started to raise rates long before the other major central banks. And consequently, the ruble illustrated at very high nominal interest rates of around 9.5%, which gave it a significant interest rate advantage over the other developed and emerging market currencies. Oil price dynamics were also supportive. With oil prices at around $95 per barrel, this was a boon for the Russian economy. The Russian Treasury makes its budget projections on an assumption of oil at $50 per barrel. So the overall stance was one of higher interest rates, strong economic activity, and robust fiscal dynamics. Clearly, this paradigm is no longer feasible. Following the invasion, the Western powers placed severe sanctions on the Russian economy. First, it removed the largest Russian banks from the SWIFT international payment system. This is like implementing capital controls on a country. Investors and corporates can neither send money to Russia nor receive funds from Russia. This sanction regime has never been implemented on a large economy before, and it will have a chilling effect on growth and investment. Second, the Western powers also sanctioned the Russian central bank. It cannot access its reserves held with the US Federal Reserve, and this comes to nearly half of Russia's $600 billion reserves. It's a huge step, and again, it has never been implemented before. The Russian central bank reacted to these developments by raising interest rates to 20%. This measure was aimed at stopping bank withdrawals from the domestic banking system, but it did not deter Russian citizens from transferring as many rubles as possible to hard currencies. This has led to a severe decline in Russian banking system deposits. The Russian central bank has also responded to these latest developments with a six-month ban on selling foreign currencies to Russian citizens. This highlights the scale of the economic impact that the sanctions have had, and this is just the beginning. The decision to effectively ban Russian banks from exchanging rubles for hard currencies means that the ruble is now a non-convertible currency. It has taken only two weeks to undo 30 years of Russian integration into the global economy. Vladimir Lenin once said that there are decades when nothing happens and there are weeks where decades happen, and this is surely a case of the latter. The ruble will now have uh, both an onshore and an offshore exchange, an onshore and an offshore exchange rate. Offshore do- dollar ruble exchange rates have risen from levels of around 80 to current levels of around 120, a 50% depreciation in only two weeks. Liquidity is incredibly thin and it is skewed towards ruble sellers. Anecdotal evidence suggests that the onshore exchange rate is closer to 160. And this, of course, will be subject to upside risks once the scale of the inevitable inflation surge becomes clear. It is not uncommon for onshore exchange rates to diverge by around 30% or more in similar situations. It seems clear that the worst is yet to come for the ruble. The speed and implementation of the sanctions has had a dramatic effect on the Russian economy. Consensus expectations are for a decline in Russian GDP of around 30% in the second quarter. These are huge declines, and there is a big difference between the 1998 Russian default and the current situation. In 1998, the default harmed foreign creditors, The opposite is now the case. Russian domestic investors are now in the firing line and have suffered severe losses. By some measures, these developments will financially ruin Russia's middle class. The economic situation will deteriorate further, and there is no hope of an international aid to help the Russian economy this time around. Do not expect any IMF bailout program to manifest itself. This is new territory. In reality, Russia is now a prior state. 
Investors should not bank on the Chinese running to, China, to Russia's rescue either. Chinese corporates will not want to be at risk of US sanctions, and behind the scenes, it is hard to imagine that the Chinese government is entirely happy with Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Indeed, the Western response to the Russian invasion will be studied carefully by the authorities in Beijing. There are several second-order effects from the conflict which investors should be aware of. The most obvious effect is that the European economy will experience uh, both a growth and inflation shock, with lower GDP growth and indeed higher Eurozone inflation, probably to levels of at least 7%, with risks placed firmly on the upside. The immediate effects of the invasion are also clear to see in commodity markets. Oil prices have risen aggressively to levels of above $130 per barrel, and there are high chances that prices will rise even further. Global oil inventories are at low levels, and total capex in the oil industry is around 60% of 2014 levels. As demand recovers following the pandemic, oil prices already faced upside risks, and sanctions on Russian oil have clearly created even more uh, upside risks. To put things into context, the all-time high price uh, in oil was reached in 2008 at $147 per barrel. If we adjust this for inflation, it's equivalent to $220 per barrel in today's money. Clearly, there are upside uh, risks to, to oil, and this is a serious risk for most Western economies, especially the Eurozone. This is one of the main reasons that the Euro has depreciated in recent weeks. Heightened geopolitical risks will continue to weigh on the single currency, but the combination of increasing oil and gas prices will lead to deterioration in the Eurozone's trade and current account surplus. The Eurozone's current account surplus has been one of the few bright spots for the Euro over the last decade, and if it contracts in a meaningful manner, it could presage a broader Euro decline, despite the prospect of higher ECB interest rates. The bottom line is that we've witnessed a paradigm shift in geopolitical and financial priorities, and this will have long-standing implications for asset prices and currencies, just as the 1973 oil crisis had over the remainder of the 70s. Thanks for listening.